Uh, Mark, I've got a little bit of a festive question for you this week. Uh, what would you rather have for Christmas? A ring for the Knicks or Trey Young retires? Come on. I got a really big team and we need some really big rings. Welcome to the Hoops and Recreation podcast, the fortnightly podcast where we take you through four 12-minute quarters of all things basketball. I'm your co-host for today, Matt, and with me, as always, the biggest thing in basketball to come out of the year 1985, Mark? Chris Paul is absolutely not a top five point guard all time. (laughs) I know someone who might disagree with that. Um, Our sixth man of the year, every single year, Wardy. Hey, dudes. Uh, We have a great episode for you today with lots to talk about, so let's get started. Right, first quarter recap. Uh, lots to talk about, I think, this week. And uh, I'm going to kick things off and just say Kawhi Leonard is back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm a happy bunny this week, guys. I am a happy, happy bunny. Um, Clippers have done all right this week. And it hasn't been like that for a couple of weeks. So I'm just going to sit on my high horse and enjoy those massive legs for hopefully a few more games before he sits out half a season. I love Kawhi. You know, he's my my favourite player probably in the league. And uh, I liked last night how uh, the, the Clippers, uh, sorry, on, on Saturday night, how the Clippers were like, fuck it. Let's not really play a centre. Then we'll just play Batum. And like, if Pazingas can beat us, he can beat us. Uh, uh, and the, the Wizards led most of the game. And then in the fourth quarter, Kawhi was like, nah, that's it. I've had enough now. I'm taking over. And just done what Kawhi does. He just took mid-range jump shots from the elbow <laughs> over and over, made every single one, and they walked off with a win. He was a completely emotionless throughout. It, it was a beautiful thing to see. It was, yeah. It, it, he just turned on Terminator mode, and that was it. Like, just, you know what, I've had enough. And to start the game, he really wasn't good. Like, he took the first three shots for the Clippers, missed all of them from mid-range, and as soon as I saw that he'd missed the first three shots, I was like, this is going to be bad, isn't it? Like, I, can't, I had the high hopes of Kawhi's back. He played absolutely amazingly against Boston, um, which was by far our best game of the season. Um, him and PG played really, really well that game. But then, like you said, just he kind of got to a point where I'm kind of bored now. I'm just going to just destroy some souls and just, just take, take names and just killed the Wizards. I mean, it's not the hardest thing in the world to kill the Wizards, but it was still something. It was still something. Yeah, they were a little bit shorthanded, but you were a little bit shorthanded as well. So yeah. it's all right. I, I, I love, what I love most about Kawhi is that he plays at his own pace. He if he wants to just slow things down. He'll just slow things down. And, and then it's like the game just slows down. It is like he's a robot. Like yeah. he just does what he wants. He also had that block on uh, Avia as well, which was just like a couple of his fingers, but a couple of his fingers are so fucking big that it just completely smothered the ball. <laughs> like it wasn't even a whole hand. It was just a couple of his fingers, but it was enough to block it and send Avia to the floor. So yeah, I, I was happier to see uh, to see him back, and I'm happy to see you know you guys get a couple of wins because it makes it makes this pod a lot more enjoyable. To be honest, you know when it come in and you're losing every week, you're in a bad mood. I can feel it, especially you know with the Knicks doing so well. <laughs> oh. it's, it's a tough place to be sometimes. <laughs> have we uh, 
uh, uh, what's the time on that one, Wardy? When did he mention it? How many minutes in? <laughs> <laughs> For God's Might sake. be a new record. Hey, 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 we haven't, we're five in a row now. We haven't lost for ages. And I really don't know what the fuck's going on. Like, it's a bit of a scary place to be in, but I'm happy about it. Uh, we played the Bulls for the umpteenth time um, during the week uh, and got the W. Brunson crossed Caruso off into another oh, planet. Oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that was horrible. I love Caruso too. But yeah, he, he sent him uh, sent him shopping. He sent him for Christmas early. Uh, that was beautiful. Uh, everybody done their thing in that game. And the best part about it was that Tibbs actually brought Derek Rose on. Um, he got his standing ovation uh, and he hit three as well when he got a big round of applause for that. So that, that was a nice moment um, for the people of Chicago. I'm sure they would prefer to win but at least they got to see uh, one of their former greats um, get a little standing ovation. Yeah, and uh, for, the, for the listeners, you're not going to have obviously heard this, but um, Mark is so giddy at the minute of how the Knicks are playing that just before we hit record, he had a little look at the standings and like a kid approaching Disney World was like, oh my God, we're sixth, we're sixth. Like I've never, I've never heard Mark so excited to have the realization that Knicks are sixth. <laughs> I don't check where the Knicks are in the standards because we're always like twelfth or thirteenth. Like that's just where we hang around, and I'm sure we will be at the end of the season. We'll just be twelfth or thirteenth, and so I hadn't really noticed that. You know, we've been on a five-game kind of rip, and and other teams around us have been losing. And we're fucking sixth, which is a great thing to be. I feel good about it. Um, it's only going to go downhill from here, of course. But let, let's just take my high um, for now and, and, and I'm going to enjoy it. The game, which uh, I should say the performance uh, of the week for me, and there was a couple of good ones on Wednesday. Jokic with 43, 14 and 8 uh, on Wednesday versus the Wizards, which is just ridiculous. He evidently heard me talking shit about him in that MVP yeah. conversation. And uh, he was like, no, nah, I'm with Wardy on this one. I'm, I'm coming back. <laughs> 43, 14 and 8 in a win. And Dame on the same night, 36, 5 and 8. Again, just two absolutely ridiculous performances. Do you guys watch it? There's just been some big performances in, in, in general. I mean, I know I'm going to move us on swiftly. We can always revisit the, the, the Nuggets because I think there was someone else, Mark, that might have heard you talking shit. Uh, because a certain Devin Booker decided to drop 58 against the Pelicans. So uh, all of the performances, it's, it's just one of those weeks, right? Like there's always, almost every single week in the NBA, there's going to be at least one person that goes off. But it just seems to be that the last week or so has just been 30 plus game, 40 point game, 30 plus game. Like it's just, it, somehow every game has just a mad scoreline. You, you pissed a lot of people off by the looks of things this week and just everyone decided to, <laughs> everyone decided to gun for you for revenge all in one week. <laughs> yeah, a- a- absolutely. And we can kind of skim past the book of thing because, oh, you know, really? again, yeah. who, nobody's, that, nobody's that interested in the Suns. Now, like, it's good. It's what you should be doing. You should be going out there and scoring because... You know, he had 10 points in the previous game. That's not good enough. They no. they edged it, edged the game by four. Uh, I was watching it. Um, you know, they got the win, which is great, but they should be winning because that's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to be the best team in the West. Um, and you need Booker to be able to uh, to score 58 points if you're going to get there. Matt, you've been real quiet about this. You know, do you, do you, want, do you want to talk on it? This is the third time you guys have played these uh, the, the Pelicans in three weeks, and it's the first time you've won. 
Booker had 10 in the first game. He sat out the second and then came back with 58. So he's averaging like, what, 23 across the three games, which is pretty good. <laughs> How do you yeah, feel well, about it? Are you feeling good? No. Because, um, you know, <laughs> they're, 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 they're the biggest competition, aren't they, at the moment? Yeah. Um, I think they've just been replaced by the Grizzlies. But, yeah, you're right. The Sun should be doing better. It's so inconsistent at the moment. You know, but 58 is 58. That is a phenomenal amount to score in a game. Um, anyone that's played basketball knows that, you know, you can get into anything 40, 50 plus. It is good. I mean, you, you must know, Mark, that you're at our level, local league, we're good local league players, but getting to 40, 50 is tough, isn't it? Tough, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's not many times even a local league you see somebody getting over 35, yeah, 40 points. It's, um, it, it, like you say, it's hard to do, especially when you're playing against some of the best defenders. I mean, and uh, you know the Pels were shorthanded, but they were shorthanded when they beat you the first two times. So that, I don't think there'll be any any excuses there um, at all. You mentioned the Grizzlies. Um, we've got to talk about them blowing out the Bucks. What an unbelievable game! Um, <laughs> never ever would you have thought that would have been the score. No. Um, so so beating them by forty one, being up by over fifty at one point, and Morant having twenty five, ten, and ten in just twenty five minutes. <laughs> He didn't even, didn't even grace the floor for half of the third and, and the and the, the whole fourth quarter. Uh, absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, they're only missing holiday as well, weren't they? So it's not like the Bucks were were really short. I think the Grizzlies. They're they're a team that I think because there's so much focus at the minute on Jar and every single time he plays. I think I said this in our group chat the other day. Like I think he is probably my favourite player to watch in the NBA at the minute because he is just a human highlight reel. He's just so explosive in the way that he plays. And some of the shots that he gets off is just stupid. But I feel as I feel as if, especially with the Pels doing so well, no one's really talking as much about the Grizzlies. And I, I think that as a team, I wouldn't surprise me if they win the West. Like it, it, it would all of a sudden. I think it'll be one of those moments that you look at the standings and just in a couple of weeks' time, oh shit, they're, they're, they're first. I thought they were like third or fourth or something like that. They're just... They're, a bit like with just, the Pelicans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just crept up and you were like, oh shit, they're, they're first. A bit like with the Knicks being sixth. Um, <laughs> You're never going <laughs> never gonna, to never gonna let it go. Never going to let it go. No. But, well, I, I think with, I think the, the one thing I really like about the Grizzlies as well is other than Jar, they don't have any other like superstar players, right? Like, they have lots of very good players but they, they, all of their players are young, upcoming players, but they just get on so well. Like for them, it is. it seems to just be that they all just absolutely love playing with one another. And because of that reason, it's just every year they've been getting better and getting better and getting better as a team. And they might add in a couple of extra moving pieces here and there, but it just seems like they have the best team chemistry in the league by far. Yeah, I agree. You, you see that. It's almost like a college team, isn't it, when they're, yeah. they're dancing. They've even got Stephen Adams like you know, coming out of his show and, and, and dancing a little bit. Not as much as the others, of course. He's still Stephen Adams. He's still Aquaman. Um, yeah. But he's, yeah. uh, he, 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 he's doing it in with them all, which is amazing. Um, and, and I agree with you. Like Moran and Zion are probably the two most exciting players to watch at the moment. If somebody said to me, you can have tickets for one game this year, I'd love to watch that game where those two go at it. Obviously, they came into the league at the same time. They had that, uh, you know, that rookie of the year competition yeah. where, you know, Zion missed some time during that season. And you feel like those two could easily be one and two because the Suns haven't really got it together. The Warriors 
Uh, I mean, fuck, what is going on there? They smashing people up at home, still can't win away. And they're, they're in the middle now of a six-game away trip. Uh, and that could really hurt them. Well, they're currently, what? Uh, Warriors are um, 11th with 14 and 16. I mean, like you said, if they have a really bad road run, are we going to see a situation where the Golden State Warriors are 13th and OKC are ahead of them or something like that? Like, that just... After last year, it just seems like the, the the like I feel like we've entered into a multiverse this year, and it's like this is an alter like alternative universe, and somehow all the once shit teams were really good, and all the good teams are now really shit, and it, just, it doesn't really make sense. I mean, the Knicks uh, the Knicks are sixth for fuck's sake, so it's just it, it can't make any sense. <laughs> and they like against the Philly, they they didn't field a very strong team either. Lots of people rested. Um, they lost by 12, which wasn't a massive blowout. But the next game's Toronto, then they're at, at Toronto. Then they're at New York, you know, which is a tough place to go. Um, <laughs> then they're at Brooklyn. Uh, then they come back home again against Memphis. Charlotte, you'd think, would be a win. Then they're at home against Utah, at home against Portland. Like, these games aren't easy. No, no, none of these, apart from Charlotte, none of these games are going to be easy for them. The, the road wins, the, the road games are going to be hard for them because we know they're so bad on the road. And the games they got at home, um, like I say, they got home uh, and, and Utah at home and Portland at home. Like they're all good teams that could beat them. Yeah, I think as well. Like you said, they're then playing the Nets. I mean, we can't move on from the first quarter recap without talking about the Nets because uh, talking about teams that have come out of nowhere, the Nets are fourth. What on earth has happened? The same team that at the beginning of the year, there was more drama than basketball being played. And I feel like, secretly, the Nets have got their shit together. Apart from Ben Simmons, of course, who's still averaging eight points a game, which is absolutely ridiculous. But all of a sudden, they're out of the blue. Kyrie hitting the uh, buzzer beater against Toronto the other day, um, scoring 32 points, I think it was. And they're currently on a, I think a five or sixth game win streak, a five game win streak, and they're nine and one over their last 10 games. It just, no one is talking about the Nets at the minute, other than the fact that every now and then you'll see a highlight play. And it just seems like somehow there's, somehow New York is the most blissful place in the world. That's all I can say. New York is just, New York is heaven right now. I, li- I like that. The, the, the Nets are just going around just doing their business. Like yeah. just just doing their business, getting it done. They've got uh, TJ Warren's come back as well, and he's starting to have an impact. Um, Yuta Watanabe, what a player he is! What a contribution yeah. he's making. So they're really finding their groove now. They're getting their rotations right. They obviously trust their new coach as well, which, which is great to see. Although I would say there was a little bit more drama. I don't know if you guys saw, but Ben Simmons' name was mentioned in the uh, the case about Megan The Stallion getting shot. His name was was brought up in that. No. Um, yeah, as someone who was there at the same time, I know. So Ooh. I saw a great comment on Instagram where someone said, "Like Ben would be just like, fuck, man, I'm just trying to go around and average six, four, and four. People keep my fucking name <laughs> out of your mouth." <laughs> And lastly, just to finish the quarter, I've got to shout out Killian Hayes um, for 25-7-8 versus the Hornets. Um, he is hopefully going to get the minutes he deserves on the Pistons and then maybe move to somewhere decent <laughs> if he gets the opportunity because I think he's a great player. Right, first quarter's up. We ran over a little bit there, but it's fine. It's fine. Uh, we're going to move into uh, the seconds now and talk a little bit about some uh, kind of kicks and fashion and what people are wearing in the tunnel and all of that jazz and uh 
seeing as clearly I've somehow I'm running the show today and I started the last quarter, I'm going to start the first quarter, uh, the second quarter as well. Um, why on earth is everyone dressing like Devin Booker? This is the thing that I've noticed, like over the last however many weeks, this is episode five, right? And I'm pretty sure every single week, this is the one quarter that we turn up to record and I go, shit, I haven't really prepped much for this quarter. Mark, I'm going to need you to like put me on your back and carry me, mate. Um, and I actually decided that I'd, I'd do a little bit of digging today. Uh, I thought I'd kind of have a little look and see if I can pick out some decent pairs that people have wore, decent pair of shoes that people have been wearing in the tunnel. And no, everyone is wearing just oversized kind of cropped, just like smart trousers, chucks or loafers. Like... I don't, again, I'm going back to this whole parallel universe situation. Like, what on earth has happened? I think I've seen like two pairs of Travis Scott Jordans the whole year, and everyone loves Converse all of a sudden. Like, my mind's baffled. I don't understand it. You're not happy about it, I can tell. And it's funny because I don't ever think, I always think, <laughs> who'd have thought I wouldn't like the way Devin Booker dresses, right? But I always <laughs> think he's a bit of a tryhard, like, with the way he dresses. I'm like, come on, mate. Like, you look like shit, to be honest. You can do better than that. But yeah, you're right. The, uh, the the crop trousers with the chucks is is definitely coming back. It seems to be the wave at the moment. I told you last time we need to get Swaggy P advising yeah. some of these stylists. Like, if it's the only way we're going to get yeah, it changed, yeah. we need to see change, and we need swag. That's the the slogan that we're going for. <laughs> we need change. Dot dot dot. We need swag. <laughs> That's it. A vote for Swaggy is a vote for change. Right. <laughs> well, I did. I did. Um, I saw one standout outfit that I think this whole like smart casual, like I said, the kind of the T-shirt, the crop smart trousers, the the Converse. Seems like we are going more towards a kind of smart casual look in the NBA. Um, one player took it a little bit too far, however. Tyrese Halliburton earlier on in the week rocked up with an entire grey tracksuit and Doc Martens on. I'm lost for words. I'm lost for words. Like, I don't... How... Who on earth... Swaggy P did not dress Tyrese Halliburton. Like I said, whoever thinks... It was a really oversized grey tracksuit as well. Like, so baggy. And then just a pair of Doc Martens. I I would love to have seen... Nick Young's reaction when he saw that fit for the first time. Oh, mate! <laughs> and also, like, Tyrese needs to be careful because, uh, as my good friend Joe told me after I got my first pair of Doc Martens this year, Doc Martens are a, uh, a gateway drug. So, <laughs> you know, before you know it, you're going to be you're going to be in Rick Owens, and anything can happen once once you put them docs on. So, be careful, be careful, Tyrese. Are we saying in a couple of weeks' time we're going to see Tyrese Halliburton wearing like the Carl Kuzma oversized like super long sleeve pink jumper and things like this is that where Tyree that, that's like where he's going by the end of the season Rick Owens is with you there is there was one actually one standout pair of trainers that I, I I did see and I was very very happy to see this and that is uh Tory Craig wore the Huff Dunks didn't he wore the San Fran Huff Dunks which uh, me and Mark will know uh, great shoe oh. great shoe <laughs> great shoe great, great shoe, shoe. So I, I I had a bit of a dilemma with my Huff Dunks. I, I won them a couple of weeks ago from a, one of the skate stores here. Um, the next day, got an email to say that they'd been uh, out for delivery and they'd be delivered uh, on the Friday. I was like, fucking hell yeah. Friday came, no update at all. All I got when I refreshed on DPD was that they had received the order but not received a package. Anyway, well, I'll give it a few days, give it a week. Fuck, nothing had changed whatsoever. Emailed, didn't hear anything back. 
So last week when I was at SneakerCon, I was like having a look to see what the prices were like because I was thinking I'm, I'm going I'm to have to fork out for a pair because, uh, you know, they're evidently not coming. Uh, I thought they'd, you know, been lost in TPT somewhere. Anyway, this week I phoned, uh, I, I phoned them on Monday and uh, they were very honest with me. And they said that all of the size 12s had been sent to a different company by accident. That company then contacted the, the place where I run from um, and arranged to send them over. However, unfortunately, they were refused delivery. <laughs> um, so it got sent back sense. again. <laughs> so they then got in contact with them again and said, we'll send them out for you. So uh, I, that was made the phone call, I think, Monday or Tuesday. And uh, they were in my hands um, on Thursday, which is fantastic because they're awesome they're one of the best tanks this year i think uh, and i did get the san fran pair um i would like the new york pair they're both cities which are very close to my heart um i would like a new york pair so um i bought them on ebay because hey. uh, i thought i'm gonna get them now before the price goes up so um, by the end of the week hopefully i'll have both so shout out tory craig yeah you mean tory craig are all twinsies <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can go out, even if he is a son's player yeah. yeah, which got hey, it kind of connects us all. It kind of connects us all. <laughs> there we go. The listeners can't see it, but uh, yeah, what Wardy's wearing his uh, son's Christmas uh, Christmas jumper, which uh, oh, that's I amazing. feel like, seeing see as we're talking fashion, we have to throw out there that Wardy's currently sporting the Phoenix Suns Christmas jumper, and he's looking great, by the way. So for you listeners, you can't see it, but you have to trust me, it looks great. That's mega, Matt. Uh, Wardy, did um, Charles Barkley send that to you personally? Yeah, he. Guaranteed to be before <laughs> Christmas too. <laughs> oh wow. wow, wow! How how Chuck has not been hired by like some sort of shop <laughs> to do that as a, a an ad for like guaranteed gar- delivery? Guaranteed yeah, like delivery, it. Jesus! I feel like you <laughs> yeah. just you've earned him another million or something there, Warren. <laughs> The problem is Chuck's guarantees are as bad as the predictions that we make on this <laughs> yeah, show. That is true, yeah. <laughs> never, ever come right. So if he offered guaranteed next day delivery, it'd be weeks. Yeah. <laughs> guaranteed by next Christmas. We've also, on court, we've seen more LeBron 20s, um, which I'm a big fan of, as we know. Um, and interestingly, there's uh, Nightwing has done his two of the year. Um, I'm a big fan of the Nightwing channel. We look at there. I think a lot of people do to uh, to get the reviews for Encore stuff. Um, and he voted for the Ron Twenty, the shoe of the year. Oh wow! Um, which obviously, yeah, yeah, which I think is is awesome. Um, and completely agree with. There's about three guys, uh, three or four guys on my team now who have got them. Um, and I finally got the uh, the purple and gold colorway or the the violet frost um, colorway. Uh, all in for the first time today, and they are fucking gorgeous. Uh, so the, nice. the the Miami colorway have, have, have been returned. Uh, thanks Nike for letting me trial them for a month. Uh, I did. I, I think I said on the pod before. I, I never knew you could do that. Some of my teammates did it before. I've never done it, but yeah, it felt good taking them back in and you know wearing them for a month, taking them back in, and then wow. getting my full refund. Yeah, good, isn't it? So yeah, anybody like looking a for a new pair of kicks? Yeah, yeah, anybody. You have like two years to return it. That's like 30 nice. days just to trial them. And then if they break, you can have them for up to two years. But yeah, you can trial them in 30 days. Crazy. Um, so that's the show of the year. There's also um, going to be a Christmas Day pair that he's going to be wearing, a Grinch colorway, yes. um, which looked nice, which got me on to thinking. We all know about the, the Grinch colorway that Kobe wore. Is that the best Christmas Day shoe ever? Wardy, what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, official shoes. I mean, you always see lots of people getting their own customs, don't you? With uh, who was it? it? Was it got frozen? Oh, I can't think who it is. Ty- Tyrese Halliburton's had a couple, hasn't he? With, uh, with with different Christmas films on. Yeah, yeah. He had. Um, I was watching the other day. Uh, someone with Elf. Oh, it might have been Kuzma, maybe. Outside of general releases, though, I think you know, you don't see many, or many good ones anyway. I think the only ones that really take your eye is someone, someone's mate just, you know, scribbled a snowflake on it. Someone's mate scribbled a snowflake. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's wow. been some good customs. Um, Retail-wise, I think the LeBron 10 Christmas, uh, which was a, a red w- w- with green, um, was nice. The LeBron 10 was a nice shoe anyway. Mm. Um, so they're one of my my favourite Christmas pair. KD's had a few as well. The KD shoes don't really do it for me, but he had that copper pair um as well and then there's also lebron nine christmas as well and again lebron nine is probably one of the nicer uh lebron shoes um and that was a you know kind of classic red um with the green laces in it so again probably one of my my favorite christmas pairs but i think the grinch sits far and above the rest and again it's a kobe so it's got that extra special element to it hasn't it and you see a lot of people wearing them in the league now not just at christmas grinches are for life not just for Christmas. Exactly, exactly. I think with the, when it comes to the Grinch, it's one of those things that like, I'm I'm not the biggest into on court shoes. Like you guys both played, have played, currently play. So for you, you're going to pay way more attention to kind of the on court stuff. I can't shoot a basketball for shit, so I I, I don't play. Um, I'm an observer, and therefore I don't really pay much attention to a lot of the, the, the on-court stuff like it's never something that's kind of floated my boat but I also appreciate I, I everyone knows the Kobe Grinch like I feel as if just being into shoes everyone understands that shoe and everyone understands the significance of that shoe so you could argue that it's it goes beyond just simply one of the best Christmas Day shoes and you could argue that it's got to be up there as one of the best just on-court shoes in general um so yeah, I think it has it has to it has to be the Grinch because no other, none of the other Christmas Day shoes you would argue. If you saw the Grinch in the top ten best on court shoes of all time, you wouldn't you wouldn't challenge it. Whereas if you saw like a LeBron Seven Christmas on like the top ten of all time, you'd be like, hang about, should that really be there? So I think that that has to make it the best Christmas shoe ever. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. It, it's definitely an iconic shoe, and it's probably the only Christmas proper Christmas shoe that you'd see people wearing any day as yeah. as well you know like you say the LeBron 10 LeBron 9 you don't really see people wearing those on court because they're you know not fantastic they haven't aged as well as the Kobe's have um and they're yeah just don't have the same kind of swag that the Grinches do I'm interested with this this 20 um the LeBron 20 kind of Grinch because if you look at obviously people are almost nicknaming it the Grinch right because it has the similar kind of colorway and the, the 20 looks very similar in shape to a lot of the Kobe models yeah. anyways um, but it is—it's a really nice, almost nod to it, more than a copy, because it's not as vault green, and even the red is a little bit like karma. Um, it looks like, as much as I'm saying how good the Grinch is, it looks like a premium Grinch, especially with that like knitted upper material. Like it almost looks like there's a little bit of gold knitted into it. Like it, it looks a premium basketball mm. shoe. I think they've done very, very well with that pair. It's like the Kobe one is the Grinch cartoon. Uh, and this one is like the the, the, the Grinch, uh, you know, film in, uh, with, with the guy and himself. Um, and just lastly, on the LeBron 20, um, 
AD rolled his ankle in the LeBron 20 this week. Uh-oh. Which, is it the shoe? Is it the player? Uh, it's the player. Out for a <laughs> isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said it, Wardy, not me. Yeah, yeah he's, out, he's out for a month now, which is a bit of a shame because um, they'd started to play a bit better, but, you know, can't see that happening now. Hey, mm. He'd be having stern words with Mr. James. Stern words, indeed. Right, end of the first half into the second half and with that we are moving into our third quarter throwback um for those of you that have no idea what this quarter is all about this is a little bit different um instead of thinking about the now in basketball we uh spend 12 minutes talking about a historic game this is wardy's quarter um so wardy let us know what we're talking about this week sure you can call me the ghost of christmas past this episode uh (laughs) take you back to uh Christmas Day 2004, the very highly anticipated uh, Shaq versus Kobe, the first time they met since they were teammates. Um, the final result was the Heat win 104-102 in overtime. Um, it was quite the game. Even before tip-off, you had, uh, I mean, Mark, you will probably remember this for weeks and weeks. Um, it was what, what would they do when they met each other at half court um, for tip-off? Do you remember all the build-up to that? Yeah, it was all anybody talked about from the start of the season, really. As soon as the fixtures were announced that this was going to be the first time they'd met. Um, obviously, they'd won three titles together and then lost the previous year's finals um, to Detroit, which is when Shaq requested the trade. Um, it was a fairly good trade. Um, Shaq went to the heat for Lamar Odom, Eddie Jones, and I think Karon Butler. So yeah, it was it was a pretty good trade for for both teams. To be honest, it, it made you know made sense, and uh, this was going to be the first time they met. So the the pressure was all on that what their their first half court meeting was going to be. And um, Shaq gave a fist bump to everyone, gave a fist bump to Kobe, but didn't look him in the eyes. Uh, and again, a lot was a lot was made of that. But the the game started off great like immediately got going and Shaq blocked Kobe uh on first play like first first field goal attempt from Kobe which was awesome yeah because Kobe he just attacked him he was like I'm going to show you I'm the best player um and he did it twice uh and you know he was 50 50 first one let's like say he got blocked second one he he worked out what Shaq was going to do took a little step back and popped one in over the top but yeah he he just attacked right at the start which I thought was you know indicative of what how the game went yeah absolutely and i sorry i mentioned that the the trade was for um eddie jones went with shack obviously mm. from the from the lakers rather than the other way around so it was yeah lamar odom and um Caron butler but the, the the squads weren't very good <laughs> to be perfectly honest um you had <laughs> you had a young dwayne wade uh, I think it was his second season. He, you know, an up and coming Dwayne Wade. You had Eddie Jones, who was a good player, and he he had the guard the task of guarding Kobe. He wasn't known for being a defender, um, and UD um, and Shaq, but they they didn't have any bench at all. They had Christian Leitner playing for him, in fact, um, which we love to see. But you know, he wasn't doing much out there. And then the Lakers had a really poor team. The starting lineup was Kobe, Jermaine Jones, Chucky Atkins. Uh, Lamar Odom and Chris Mim. So you knew Shaq was going to have a pretty good game where he's got a big, dumb white centre guard in him. That's his favourite type of player to play against, isn't it? <laughs> Back Chris Dudley. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly that. Yeah, please see Chris Dudley, <laughs> but Tom Chris McCulloch. Beams, <laughs> Chris Beam's backup was Brian Grant, and I, I've written in my notes that Shaq makes them both look like children. It's just too easy for him. You see him in the post, and he looks like he's got loads of time. There's a couple of times um, I saw he's just missed a shot or grabbed a rebound. Four people around him, he just throws his shoulders around a couple of times and dunks. You know, they just there's there was nothing inside for him. Um, but that also showed in the way the game was played. Um, Shaq held the middle and he did his thing for the most part. And then Kobe, after those first dribble penetrations, uh, didn't go anywhere near the basket, really. No, he didn't. And Shaq ended up with 24 points. Um, and Kobe had, what did he have, 40? 42. 42, yeah, some game. He shot well from three that night, didn't he? No, 15 of 13, five of 13, sorry. And he's... Uh... Oh, sorry. He came out with three in a row, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. The first quarter, I think it was four or six or five or six. He, he had it going. He had 15 points in the first quarter. Um, but then, you know, typical Kobe fashion, he just kept firing and firing and firing. But yeah, 40% overall. So he didn't, didn't have a brilliant game efficiency-wise, but he was aggressive. You know, and you've got to love that. And that's Kobe, isn't it? He was, like you say, his team was awful. Um, he's got to throw all those guys on his back and, and, and do all the hard work, which he did. Yeah, absolutely. But the game, more than anything, was Dwayne Wade's coming out party, wasn't it? It mm-hmm. was the, the game where you knew that that Wade was going to be that number two that Shaq needed. And as we saw, as it, you know, as it progressed their careers together, he really became the number one in the season where they won the championship. But he he wasn't at that level um, in his first season, but he had a, a bit of a coming out party that game. I think he had 29 points. Um, and obviously they got the dub. Um, Kobe had a chance to, uh, with three at the end, um, but they double teamed him. They put uh, Eddie Jones uh, and Jermaine uh, Jones on the onto Kobe. Yeah, you can see what coming back to what you guys were saying earlier. Like it's quite interesting watching this because again, like this kind of early 2000s isn't necessarily my era. This is the stuff that I hear people talk about and you see the highlights on like NBA history and things like this. I've only ever seen kind of snippets of these games. So a lot of the role players in the in kind of this era I don't know the names like you guys do, right? But so it's so interesting for me to look at like the box score of a game like this like both of you were saying these teams weren't that great they didn't really have much depth and when you look at the box score for the heat bearing in mind they played granted only a couple of them played what five to ten minutes they played 10 players the whole game in which only two people on the bench two players scored on the bench you scroll down to the box score for the Lakers, and it's basically exactly the same. There were four points from the Lakers bench versus what eleven <laughs> points from the Heat bench. It's like if you if you sco- if you saw even in today's day and age, Heat versus Lakers, and both benches combined for what like under twenty points. It's stupid. I mean, hey, Luke Kennard scoring 20 off the bench most uh, most days. So, uh, yeah. But do you know what? That's how the NBA was, actually, mm-hmm. around that time. Like, it was, uh, the league was based of teams where that had one or two high-volume scorers um, and nothing on the bench, really, at all. Like, bench players really were bench players, um, which you could tell, you know, when we read some of the names out, like, the, the lack of depth in those squads w- w- was absolutely unbelievable. Um, Lamar Odom didn't have his his best game that night. However, you know that that ended up being a great trade for him 
Um, yeah. he, he was a good player in Miami, but he went on to be a really good player and obviously win a couple of chips um, at LA as well. Um, and actually, what I like was that that Shaq asked for that trade, and both of them had kind of average teams that next year. The following season, they played on Christmas Day again um, because the NBA, you know, obviously thought this is a fucking great day. This is great. <laughs> It's everything we wanted. So let's get him playing again. Now, by that time, the Heat had made some improvements. The Lakers absolutely hadn't. They had Smush Parker, Kobe's least favourite um, teammate ever, uh, playing point guard. They had the legend Kwame Brown um, coming off the bench. They had Von Wafer uh, on their bench. You know, they had they had a really terrible lineup. But the Heat had really gone out. So they had Shaq, UD, Jason Williams at point guard. Wade, who was then in his third season and really cooking. James Posey, um, who was a great role player. And then their bench was Gary Payton, Antoine Walker, Alonzo Mourning. Talk about some depth there, like with some veterans. I know. <laughs> Sounds like a 2K team, right? Yeah. Um, and then the, the legend, Jason Capono, um, <laughs> as well, coming, <laughs> up, coming off the bench. <laughs> College legend, Jason Capono. So they they really went out um, and built around Shaq and Dwayne Wade um, and upgraded in every position, whereas the Lakers weren't able to do that. And obviously the, the Heat won the chip in the following year. Uh, and they won the Christmas Day game as well. I was going to say, if after all of that you said, oh, and the Lakers beat them by like 20, like that would have been <laughs> the biggest... <laughs> The biggest anti no, it was a, ever. It, it was a close one again, but the the Heat won by one by five uh, in the 2005 game. And you could see um, the direction of both franchises after that trade as well, because obviously that the second game we just talked about that's their championship season, um, and then the Lakers had that period pre Pau Gasol in 2008 where they were just awful, like you say, rolling out people whose names you've forgotten because you just they're not worth uh, the space in your memory um just, <laughs> but just going Don't back to the nba yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just going back to what you were saying about the nba putting them on for a second uh, christmas day game in a row you got me thinking is that where the the sort of the, the big part of christmas day games for the nba came along because I don't remember it really being that big especially internationally as well where you had to sort of scrap and you know find where to get your uh, your fix of NBA but it's um, it definitely seems like that was the one that really kick-started the whole you know getting the family around and ignoring them and watching NBA after five o'clock yeah I, I'd agree with you there because it, it felt it felt like probably for the last 10 years that the Christmas Day game is huge. It quite often now gets announced before the other seat, the fixtures, doesn't yeah. it? So you hear the Christmas Day game, then you hear the first game of the season, and then you get yeah. the rest of the fixtures afterwards. So it, it is the the NBA's kind of um, it, it, it's their game, their day of the year where they know they're going to get people watching all over the world, uh, and they want real showcase games. So they use it for rivalries, and we get yeah. obviously we'll talk about it more in in, in the next quarter, but. They use it for rivalry games or for games which they think are going to be fun or, you know, perhaps there's been a, a previous finals matchup, um, for example. They love putting those. And they start the games early and you can watch them all the way through the day and through the night, get as much basketball fix. I, I have once uh, b- before I was, uh, uh, or when I was on my own, I should say, uh, watched NBA games all the way through from wow. from 5 p.m. right till three in the morning, like just because that's what I wanted to do that day, and I didn't have anybody <laughs> telling me any otherwise. 
get your Christmas lunch in and then yeah. just get some snacks for the evening and you're good. Yeah. yeah. Um, Luckily, my uh, my parents, uh, they love basketball as well and that's how I got, got into it. So if it's uh, Christmas Day at my parents' house, you know, be good because my mum and dad are going to sit down, put the telly on at five and um, you're, you're set for the rest of the evening. Yeah, we're not watching a terrible film or anything like that. We're just going to, yeah, have basketball on, drink, eat and just be merry. Sounds like your place is the spot to be at Christmas, eh, Woody? Yeah, well, it'll have to be next year. We're, we're not here for Christmas. Uh, I'm with the in-laws, so I'll be watching no basketball. Uh, so you raised us up just to let us down. Yeah, yeah, Appreciate yeah. that, mate. Thank you. It's <laughs> yeah. all right. It's um, and just to finish the quarter, um, Eddie Jones wore a Jordan 13 PE uh, in that 2004 Christmas Day game as well. You, you saw that as well, Matt Sibley? Uh, no, I, 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 I didn't see it. I didn't. I didn't recognise oh, it. Mate, but it was more on. the fact that we, it was more the fact that we were going back to what we were saying earlier about the Christmas Day shoes. The, like Wally was saying about oh, the yeah. PEs and things like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great Christmas Day shoe. Great Christmas Day shoe. Yeah, it's a white and red. Uh, just just a, t- a touch of red on the lining. Um, and he had some great uh, Jordan PEs over his time um, with E. Jones on the tongue. One of the first Jordan teamers, legend. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll, uh, we'll, end, we'll end this quarter by just saying tune in this time next year to hear the uh, Wardy family Christmas uh, review from me and Mark when we uh, come around for Christmas dinner, mate. And yeah, w- w- with that, we'll end the third. Right, final quarter, guys. Time to look forwards to uh, some games that have caught our, uh, caught our eye uh, games that we have circled in our calendars as must-watch. And, uh, I mean, Wardy's already let it slip that he's not going to be able to watch any of these games because I feel like we have to go straight in with the Christmas Day games, right? This is our Christmas episode, essentially, and we have some absolute um, cracking games for, for Christmas Day. Um, starting off with the 76ers versus the sixth-place Knicks. Uh, both teams doing very well at the minute um and again i think feel like for both teams almost because the focus the the light is on everyone else no one's really talking about them the knicks are on a what six game win streak six is on a four game win streak Embiid has been the top scorer for the sixes surprise surprise for the last eight games in a row and when i say top scorer um it's not like he's been kind of throwing up shit numbers uh 34 against golden state 31 against sacramento 53 against charlotte 38 against the lakers 39 against houston 35 against memphis that they're separated by a 19 points against cleveland a casual 19 but we're back to oh, 30 only points. 19 yeah. but but but, but, we're, but it's fine because we're back to 30 points against atlanta so like it, it's just unbelievable tear of games for Embiid he's currently he's taken over Luca as the top scorer in the league at the minute like he's averaging like 33 or something like that at the minute and yeah someone's woken up the giant because he's just playing mad at the minute yeah don't fuck around Joel like he's also um gone up into the MVP ladder again as well um mm. which is fully deserved and Harden's contributing as well yeah. uh he's playing well he had 27 in the game this week and um he also just uh took over Chuck as well on the all-time scoring list, which uh, our friend Charles was not happy about. No, well deserved. It's probably probably paid as nearly as many seasons, isn't he? Chuck lost a lot of years, didn't he? Chuck lost a lot of years. Yeah, to injury. Yeah, I think he yeah. went early. But it, does Chuck yeah. like the Seventy Sixers? I can't remember. He doesn't seem to talk about him yeah. a lot. He, he, he has some uh, grudges to hold, doesn't he? So probably he not. Did. 
he always <laughs> says my he always says my sons doesn't he rather than yeah. uh, my sisters <laughs> yeah i think he's a he's a sons fan which he's welcome to and, and obviously that makes you happier as well wardy because he's, he's your favorite your favorite yeah um, yeah, that'll be a great game. Um, well, it might be. It, it will either be classic Knicks and we'll just, you know, shrivel under the occasion um, and then, you know, start our full quarter comeback and fail miserably. Um, or, or it'll be a, a good back and forth between two teams that are, you know, close together in the East, respectively. I've got high hopes for this game. I think this will be a good one. It'll be, it'll be the warm up for everyone in the UK well, yep. and, and in the States as well. You know, five o'clock game, perfect time. Um, it's 11, watch- 11 a.m. in New York, isn't it? Yeah. Is it really? Wow. <laughs> well, one thing I was going to say, Mark, is uh, depending on the result, you might be very, very happy on Christmas because if you look at where both teams are standing, um, the 76ers are currently fifth with 16 and 12. The Knicks are sixth with 16 and 13. You were giddy at sixth place, mate. If they win, <laughs> you might be fifth. Be fifth. Could be. There's a, there's a couple more games to play though before then, so yeah. I'm not going to get too excited. One of those games is our third game in three weeks against the Bulls. <laughs> um, we, obviously, we've beat them twice already, but again, this is Adam Silver on the piss, you know, when he's when he's doing the fixtures. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, third time in three weeks, but um, hopefully we can get another win. He probably did them Christmas Day last year. <laughs> <laughs> Once he'd watched all of the games and, and, yeah. and had a, yeah been drinking sherry all day, he was like, "Yeah, fuck <laughs> it, I'll do the um, The second game on Christmas Day is Lakers Mavs, um, which I'm assuming the NBA thought was probably going to be two of the top seeds, uh, yeah. as it is. The Lakers are 12 and 16, and the Mavs are 15 and 15. Um, I can't not talk about Luca's ridiculous slam. Like oh, he's yeah. had a couple this week, but he the the the, the fake shot, fake Jesus, pass, yeah, it had everything in there. Oh, yeah, he pulled out the whole bag of tricks all in one go. Yeah. I might just be forgetting something here, but I don't ever remember seeing someone fake pass with like the opposite hand, like the like you said, the fake shot running down, fake pass with the opposite hand, fools everyone, and then just slams it. Like I think uh, I was w- watching the game, and the commentators were like, "I think that's the best dunk we've ever seen Luca do." Like he, he's not oh, the most; he doesn't fly a lot, does he? Like when he dunks, it's it's, it's not all that often. But uh, yeah, he yeah don't know what took don't know what took over him. What? His reaction was the best as well. It, yeah. He did it. Put his hand straight up in his head, and he was he was grinning. He was like, "I have no idea what I've just done, but I know it was brilliant." Yeah, he yeah. absolutely couldn't believe it either. Uh, he's had a couple of dunks in the last couple. Of weeks. I wonder whether someone's had a word with him, like Luca. Do you want to get on the NBA top ten a bit more? You need to um, <laughs> stop, <laughs> stop winning games and start dunking more, All right, mate? Luca, we've uh, we've had enough of seeing you cross people over and do ridiculous three pointers. Come on, mate, mix it up. We need you to start doing some dunks as well. What do you guys think? <laughs> that game's going to be like don't just say shit <laughs> it's got to be Mavs I don't think it's going to be shit I feel like LeBron being LeBron is going to want to turn up and perform on Christmas Day right like he more than anyone understands how important Christmas Day is to the league and it's LeBron James on Christmas Day like he is going to he, he's going to want to go out for, for blood I think so I think you're going to see big plays from LeBron Luca's just going to lap it up again. So I, I think it's going to be a big highlight game, but I think the Mavs are going to win bit. quite easily. Yeah, LeBron loves a big Christmas Day game, doesn't he? He's had some monster ones over the years. Also, um, LeBron and Luca hasn't ever disappointed in the past. Their matchups, no. uh, they've always been really good. Uh, they both seem to get up for that one. 
um, for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, I think without AD as well, it's going to be tough because he's been their best player uh, yeah. for this stretch where they've been winning. I think without him, they're going to really struggle, especially, you know, even against Luca and his, his team of misfits. Yeah. I can see like LeBron scoring 35, but the Lakers still losing by like 10 or 15. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to be one of those games where LeBron's going to fill up the stat sheet, but the supporting cast aren't going to be able to do shit. Um, whereas, like you said, this weird kind of band of misfits of the Mavs, they seem to have a couple of games where they don't play very well. And then all of a sudden they'll have a couple of games where they'll just work really cohesively as a team, really pass the ball around knock down every three they seem to take. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I can see it being a Mavs win. Um, who do you think is going to come into the starting lineup? Thomas Bryant? Yeah, Probably. I think he's been he's been filling that role, hasn't he? Um, obviously, they, they beat Denver, you know, during the week, the, the game that AD got injured. Westbrook got triple-double off the bench. Again, that, this role just suits him. It just, just works so well, doesn't it? Yeah, gives him the confidence rather than, uh, again, I haven't heard any trade talks really well, that's a lie that's a, that, that is a lie actually because of how the Bulls have been playing um I've been hearing a few Westbrook uh rumors of potentially Westbrook and picks for DeMar DeRozan and Vooch and all sorts of things like that but yeah there's there's been a couple of weird rumors going around but you're not hearing the complete hatred from Lakers fans that we were at the beginning of the season like they that you he was the hated, most hated person in LA for a few weeks. And how fickle LA fans, hey? Us Clipper, us Clipper fans, we're, we're the good ones. Lakers fans, fickle, the lot of you. All sports fans are the most fickle people in history, aren't they? And change overnight. You're only, as, you're only as good as your last game. And then the 10 o'clock game, 10 o'clock UK game, is what potentially could be Eastern Conference Finals matchup. Bucks at Celtics. How are we feeling about that one? That was perfectly placed um, by the NBA. They obviously knew that this was going to be, you know, the two best teams out of the East this year. Um, and that's probably their five o'clock game, four o'clock game in the state. So that will be prime time. And, um, you, you know, like we said all through the podcast, people go out for the Christmas Day games. Um, I, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see Tatum versus uh, Giannis as well in a bit of a... Um, Who's the best player? I think it's yeah. going to be. I mean, it's going to be awesome. Well, as far as the MVP ladder is concerned, not only having the two best in the East, and the thing with the East as well, like it's so clear cut that it is it is hundred percent going to be. Even though the Cavs aren't that far behind, so many people are like, it's either going to be the Celtics or it's either going to be the Bucks. Whereas in the West, it could be seven different teams that might come out of the the, the West. It's so up in the air you are seeing the two definitive best teams and currently the player who's first in the MVP race versus the player that's second in the... Like, we've got the two best teams in the East, two best players in the league, um, according to all of that jazz. But yeah, it's going to be a big, big game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm also looking forward to see how they match up as well. Um, like, whether they're going to... Obviously, Rob Williams is back now, um, which is big. So I don't yeah. know if they're going to have Al Horford guarding Yanis, um, like they've had before or whether they'll put um, Brown or Tatum. You know, personally, I, I would put Al Horford on him because he's a decent defender, he's a big body, and also it doesn't wear out Tatum um, or Brown, um, you know, for the offensive end, which is, yeah, where, where you really end. need them. Um, they match up well. Smart and Holiday, you know, match up well, both defensive-minded guards um, who, who can both score as well. 
Uh, I think when they played each other in the finals last year, someone said, oh, you know, are these two going to score a point against each other? Are they just going <laughs> to nick the ball off one another every time <laughs> they get it? Yeah, so I'm looking forward to see how they match up. The Celtics probably got a stronger bench at the moment. Um, Blake Griffin is having a, a throwback year. He, he's, he's playing really well. He's had a couple of dunks. And Malcolm Brogdon is a superb player. He could be a starter for a lot of teams yeah. as well. Derek White's contributing as well. Bl- Blake needs to, to, to calm down, though. He tried to... Uh turn on Lob City against the Clippers the other day and uh, Big Zoo was having none of it. Big Zoo stopped him in his fucking tracks. Big Zoo do what Big Zoo's going to do. No, you can't stop him. Can't stop him. Um, so after, the games just keep going on Christmas Day, honestly. It's so, I'm so excited for it. Um, Grizzlies, Warriors next. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be catching up on this one on, on Boxing Day. Uh, this might be past my bedtime, 1am start. Um, this was, I mean, you, you guys said earlier about the fact that over the years, the NBA have been building this Christmas Day rivalry thing up more and more and more. Immediately after the playoffs, in the summer, I'm pretty sure Jar tweeted out saying Memphis Warriors on Christmas Day. And it's now happened. Like That's kind of going back to the point we made a second ago of how much impact or how uh, people really look forward to Christmas. In the middle of summer, Jar Morant was thinking, I want this Christmas Day game. Because it's one of the kind of modern rivalries, right? There's a lot of people that say if Morant didn't go out in that series against the Warriors, the Grizzlies could have potentially won that and, and, and gone through. Like I, It's such a... It's not as much of a hatred rivalry, but just the fact that both teams was so good last year. But given the fact that uh, um, kind of how the Warriors have been playing this year compared to the Grizzlies, I do think the Grizzlies are going to edge it. Although I think it's at home, isn't it, for the Warriors? So they might have half a chance. Yeah, it's a home game for the Warriors. The Warriors had the Suns last year on Christmas Day, which is obviously what the NBA thought were going to be the number one and two in the West. They obviously assumed that um, the Grizzlies um, and the Warriors were going to be number one and two. And it is great that they got that game, that Jar got that game, because they didn't get one last year. They probably haven't had one no. for a few years, in fact. Um, and like we say, you know, it is that that kind of franchise game in the season. Um, so it, it's, it's going to be an exciting matchup. Um, the Warriors are at home, which is good for them. Yeah. You know, put, puts them in a, in, a, in a better position just, just due to their away woes. But it's going to be exciting, man. Anytime you've got Steph Curry and John Morant on the court of the day, you know, that's just pure excitement. I see you guys smiling, just thinking about it. Like both those two are players that you pay good money to see. My brain can't fathom the highlights that I'm going to wake up to on Boxing Day. Like, I I know something's going to happen, but it's just like, is it going to be a mad half-court look-away shot from Steph? Or is it going to be that somehow Ja Morant does like a 720 dunk over someone. Like I've, it's, it's, it's one or the other. Yeah, Probably it could both. be both. You never know. Yeah, yeah it's, it, there's going to be madness, but it's just who's going to produce the madness. That's the thing. You feel like Ja could absolutely baptise somebody. Like, you know that one he had oh, yeah. Kevin Love that he didn't quite make? It could be one of yeah. those level those level dunks because that's the sort of thing he'd like to do on Christmas Day. And also, I think if he was going to do something like that, the Warriors is probably one of the better teams to do it because they're not exactly big in the post. Not any like, shot blockers, are they? Exactly. Like I can see him just like jumping over, like Looney or something like that. Like not yeah, just completely like box jumping. Just straight over and yeah. If, if he was going to pull something like that off, the Warriors are the team to do it against. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, and then the last game of the day, bringing it home, 3.30 in the morning UK time, uh, is the Suns at the Nuggets. Wardy, talk us through that one if you think it's worth it. First of all, it's a, what two weird teams to put on. Um, they obviously want to get some of the better teams from the West from the last year again. Uh, we'll throw them in. You know, they're a West Coast seat. So everyone on the East will be in bed anyway. Um, <laughs> let's put them on. Give them a Christmas Day game. They can't moan for the next 10 years and they go back to being irrelevant. But um, th- th- this is perfectly time for me, obviously. This will be my Boxing Day game. Um, when I wake up around half three, four, I shall, yeah. I shall watch this in bed on uh, on my tiny iPhone. But um, yeah, it might, might be the only basketball I watch over Christmas. So I, I'll definitely be watching this one. Um, it'll be good, though, because you don't know where it's going to go. I think uh, both teams have been inconsistent recently, um, but also capable of having huge outputs. Um, you know, we talked about um, uh, Booker's 58. Uh, Jokic had a monster performance a few days ago. Um, if you get something like that, it could be really interesting. Uh, but it also could be a total snooze fest as well. I'm a little bit I'm a little bit upset, Wardy, that you're um, not going to be able to watch basketball on Christmas Day because I kind of like the idea of you like going to sleep on Christmas, having just watched a basketball game and then waking up to even more basketball on Boxing Day morning. Like I feel as if there'll just be no time, like no gap of <laughs> anything basketball related in your life for 12 or 14 hours. Um, I think, yeah, you're absolutely right. It, both teams just have weapons that can produce anything um, on any given night. Um, I mean, Jamal Murray had a big game the other day, didn't he, where he um, kind of managed to get, I can't remember who they were playing, but uh, big game winner. Aaron Gordon stepped up a couple of times as well this yeah. season as well. He, he, he's kind of looking like he's got a bit of bounce as well. I thought he'd lost that, but he's looking good. The We talked about these teams have been in sorts, out of sorts. They're still third and fourth in the West. Oh, yeah. They're still fucking good teams. Um, the West is so tight, just to do some clarity to how tight the West is. In the East, there are seven games between Boston in first and Indiana in eighth. In the West, there are three and a half games between Memphis in first and Utah in eighth. So that 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 is how tight it is. Like You, you, just, you just need a couple of wins and you can move up quite a few spaces. In fact, Matt, the Clippers at seventh um, only need a win or two in a row, um, and, and they could be uh, they could be first. In fact, because you've right. only you're only one win less than Memphis. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I mean we've just played we've just played way more games because yeah, what Memphis are nineteen Those and ten, are games. and we're yeah. we're eighteen and fourteen. Like, have we played the most games in the NBA or something like that? I mean, yeah, Utah are, are, are drawing us with the same amount of games. To be fair, but again, what you've just said there couple of losses and all of a sudden you've plummeted Um, I mean we had the week a little while ago didn't we where Utah in one week went from first to ninth and I'm pretty sure they went back up to first after that Uh, and at the minute again the 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 mighty Utah Jazz the unbeatable Utah Jazz are below the Clippers Um, so the West is just crazy at the minute absolutely crazy this is Adam Silver again I've just noticed this after you were talking about it (laughs) Denver have played 28 games. Sacramento have played 28 games. You guys have played 32. You've played four more games than, than yeah. those teams. Like, what is four more? That's over a week's worth of games. What is Silver yeah. up to? I think we've played, like, I've, we've played a stupid amount of games in the last 10 days as well. Um, I'm pretty sure, yeah, we've, yeah, our, our um, we, we, we deserve a break. Give the Clippers a little bit of a Christmas break. The irony is, you'd prefer to play your games in the second half of the season because you'll probably have 
the more of a chance of uh, George and Leonard being fit, right? Oh, 100%, 100%. And um, yeah, we, we need a little bit of a backloaded season because I'm, I'm still nervous. As much as I started this podcast with a very happy Kawhi's back baby, um, I'm still a little bit nervous from it. So uh, yeah, we need to see. We need to see. But yeah, I think going back to what you were originally saying with the, the West and kind of Denver and Phoenix, um, I, I think it is going to be it's going to be a big important game for the standings. I mean, the fact that yeah, Phoenix were first a couple of days ago, um, or about a week or so ago, and now they're fourth, just showing how quickly that can change. Right, like if Memphis lose to the Warriors and Phoenix beat the Nuggets on Christmas Day, then all of a sudden they're just going to basically do a swapsies. So uh, it can move very, very quickly. I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to come down to the Kings, the Blazers and the Jazz and how they can keep up their excellent starts to the season. I think that's what's going to swing the West this year because they are bumping out some of those teams um, that historically can just, you know, gradually climb the ladder, play themselves into, you know, top four. Um, and they've thrown a spanner in the works by being much better than expected. Um, so I think, you know, some of those teams like your Clippers, uh, the Mavs, Warriors, Lakers, they, they're going to be hoping the bottom falls out from those teams very soon. Imagine if it gets to the end of the season and we have, like I'm looking at the teams that are kind of hovering around the 7 to 12 mark, right? So you've got, what, Clippers 7th, Lakers 12th. Imagine if we live in a world where the Blazers and the Kings have a guaranteed playoff spot and the play-in tournament is Clippers-Mavs, Warriors-Lakers. Like, that would... It's just absolutely ridiculous. And, like, you, would, you wouldn't you would kind of... At the way that the season's been playing out, you wouldn't look at that and think, that's a bit stupid. Like, you would... That's perfectly reasonable in the world that we're living in right now. And I do think out of the teams you've mentioned there, Wardy, you're already seeing Utah are kind of dipping off a little bit. I think, yeah. the, I think the Kings are there to stay though. The the beam team are going to beam all the way to the playoffs. I don't even think they're going to need a play in. I think they're going to stick to that fifth or sixth um, space, to be perfectly honest. I think they could be the team that drop because the Blazers have got Dame and they've got some experience here, uh, with the one who's not uh, Jokic. What's his name? Nurkic. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> Nurkic, yeah. Yeah. They just swap their names around from front to back. Um, <laughs> to be fair, they did come into the league and play for the same team. Uh, yeah, exactly. At one point, it was a choice between uh, who was kept, whether it was uh, Jokic yeah. and Nurkic, wasn't it? So it was yeah, that, sorry, Yusuf, my bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Knowing our luck, he's going to listen to this and he's going to score like 50 or something. <laughs> because you said that, I hope so. Um, I, I completely agree with you, though. It seems like the two teams that are gonna that are gonna bottom out on that. The Jazz already feel like the the the, the, the floor's dipping beneath them um on that one. Uh and Minnesota aren't gonna be aren't gonna be there either. Like they're just they're just not good enough. Yeah. Exciting. Another exciting Christmas day loaded with games. Super excited to catch up on that. Um and we won't be doing that next week, will we? No, 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 no. So uh, we are we are giving ourselves um, a little bit of a break. Um, we are a little bit worried that if we put too many episodes out that uh, Wardy's going to get too many fans and we're going to have to start paying for security at his front door. So, um, yeah, we, we've decided to take a week off. It just happened to be that Christmas was there, but we, th- we thought that for um, Wardy's sake, we'd give him a week off, basically. Is this the dagger? <laughs> Beam! 
So if anyone's been sat here uh, listening to this quarter with a stopwatch thinking, hang on a minute, I'm pretty sure they said four 12-minute quarters, um, that quarter got to about 23 minutes. So that is our Christmas present to you as the listeners. Um, seeing as you won't be having an episode with us next week, we thought we'd give you an extra kind of 10 minutes of podcast for free uh, this episode. But uh, with that, I think I would like to say on behalf of the Hoops and Recreation team, uh, have a fantastic Christmas, have a fantastic new year to all of the listeners. Um, And with that, thank you for listening to the Hoops and Recreation podcast. Remember, if you like this episode, leave us a five star rating and review and share the podcast with your friends and family. Make sure you follow at Sneakers and Recreation on Instagram to keep up to date with all things Hoops and Recreation. Um, And until next time, fucked it at the end, didn't I? Goodbye, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Merry Christmas, all.